Georgia's DBHDD is warning all Georgians that half of all opioid deaths happen at home when people take an oxy or a perk with a glass of alcohol for stress or to sleep. Learn more about protecting families from opioid overdoses at opioidresponse.info. Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Tuesday, June 13th. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, Governor Kemp speaks out on former President Donald Trump's indictment. A new food pantry opens in Fulton County to help those in need. And Savannah pays tribute to a pioneering black woman who fought for voting rights. These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. Governor Brian Kemp is speaking out about the indictments against former President Donald Trump. In his most extensive comments on the matter so far, Kemp told CBS News yesterday that he believes Trump has been targeted in many ways, sometimes unfairly, but that the indictment is concerning. It is concerning, but I think also it's a distraction. You know, it's distracting from what I think people need to be focused on in the presidential race. In the interview, Kemp echoed his previous calls for Republican candidates to focus on topics like inflation, crime, and border security. The governor has been critical of Trump, from the former president's handling of his 2020 election defeat to his recent statements congratulating North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un. Georgia Congresswoman Lucy McBath joined Democratic leaders in the U.S. House today in a plan to force a vote on gun safety legislation. The Marietta Democrat and others are aiming to circumvent Republican leadership on the issue with so-called discharge petitions, a rarely used legislative procedure that would require some Republicans to join their effort. The proposals include banning AR-15-style firearms and expanding background checks. Four South Georgia counties will receive nearly $15 million in grants to expand broadband internet access. Governor Brian Kemp announced the awards to Calhoun, Miller, Eccles, and Webster counties yesterday. It's the second round of awards from a grant program aimed at expanding high-speed internet in the state and is funded by federal pandemic relief funds. Community leaders joined Fulton County officials to open a new food pantry as prices rise and more people need help feeding their families. GPB's Amanda Andrews has more on yesterday's ribbon cutting. The community food pantry is part of the Fulton County Clerk of the Superior and Magistrate Court's Community Outreach Program. Food donations come from staff and community partners, with the pantry expected to feed an estimated 30 to 40 families a month. Yvette Henderson is one of the first people to receive groceries. She says more families should know about these resources. I appreciate it being in the courthouse, but a lot of people wasn't inviting it and know about it. So if we could just expand it out a little bit more, you know, I know the need is great. So if we can get some more of these out, that would be wonderful. Families can register to receive food or nominate another family to benefit from the pantry on the clerk's website. For GPB News, I'm Amanda Andrews. Athens-Clark County has become the third Georgia community to have unionized firefighters. The local commission last week voted to recognize a union representing about 140 firefighters. Organizer Emily Thompson says the union push had less to do with problems with management as with getting more people into the profession. Overnight, just that yes vote boosted the morale here. And so just being able to have that voice is probably one of the best recruiting tools that a department can have which would help our attrition here. Only one commissioner voted against the measure, saying that it could cause resentment among county workers who are not allowed to join a union. 
The cities of Atlanta and South Fulton previously recognized unionized firefighters under an unusual Georgia law that makes a specific exemption allowing it. Governor Brian Kemp has been elected to chair the Southern Regional Education Board for the next year. The board researches education issues and gives policy advice to 16 states from Delaware to Texas. Kemp addressed the group yesterday at its annual meeting in Atlanta. He says key issues include improving reading instruction, increasing the number of K-12 teachers, and increasing broadband access. The Georgia Historical Society recognized African-American civic leader Lugenia Burns Hope today with a new Civil Rights Trail historical marker. Burns Hope was an advocate for African-Americans' access to social services and better living conditions in Atlanta in the first half of the 20th century. The dedication was at Morehouse College's Century Campus and was in collaboration with Mercedes-Benz USA and the Morehouse College Cultural Heritage Preservation Initiative. The marker joins more than 50 historical markers across the state that make up Georgia Historical Society's Georgia Civil Rights Trail. On this day in 1919, the Women's Suffrage Club of Chatham County was founded in Savannah. One of its members was Mamie George Williams. She lived a life of firsts. In 1924, Williams was the first black woman in the country to sit on the Republican National Committee. Now, 100 years later, a new historical marker commemorates Mamie George Williams in her hometown. GPB's Benjamin Payne was at the unveiling, which was held recently at Dixon Park in Savannah. Velma Maya Thomas Fan says there was a time black people weren't welcome in Dixon Park. There was actually a city petition written that said, we do not want the Negroes here. Well, we're here. (laughs) And Mamie George Williams is here. Thomas, a historian, was speaking to a large crowd of Savannah residents and community leaders. She spearheaded the effort to raise a historical marker to honor Mamie George Williams. Williams led a massive voter registration drive of 40,000 black women in Georgia shortly after the 19th Amendment was passed in 1920. On paper, that amendment granted all women the right to vote. But in reality, black women were still largely shut out of the political process. It took trailblazers like Williams to bring them in. That's what Mamie George was about. She was an African-American Republican. When she held her own meetings, she said the Republican Party has to look like everybody. So she had men, women, white, and black in her delegation. She lived on the street. So we thought we'd put this here so that Mamie could watch over it and hold this as a sacred spot. That sacred spot was then unveiled as a representative from the Georgia Historical Society gave a countdown to lift the cover off the marker. Before the reveal, Thomas emceed a ceremony just across the street at Carnegie Library. The library was originally founded by and for black residents when racial segregation was the way of life in Savannah and across the South. Just a little bit about the library. The Women's Suffrage Club of Chatham County was organized here in this library, June 13, 1919. (laughs) And Mamie George Williams attended several of the meetings. So we have a lot going on here and a lot to be thankful for about this tremendous and wonderful branch. Also at the library was Chastity Malloy. As of two days ago, I am the first African-American president of the League of Women Voters of Coastal Georgia. And I can certainly acknowledge Mamie for her contributions in the past for getting us to this point today. Williams' power as a political organizer ran aground during what historians call the Lily White Movement. It was an effort by white Republicans to oust African-Americans from the party, especially from positions of power. 
And so while Williams was the first black woman in the country to sit on the Republican National Committee and later the first woman ever to speak on the floor of the Republican National Convention, she was eventually ousted from GOP leadership in 1932. But although her national influence came to an abrupt end, her activism for voting rights endures. So says Shirley Jackson, publisher of the Savannah Tribune, a historically black newspaper. Understand who she is, who she is, not who she was. If Mamie did it during the times when she was alive, with all of the obstacles and the roadblocks and everything that was in her path, what does that say to us today? We have those same obstacles, roadblocks in our paths today. If Mamie did it, we can do it. If Mamie did it, we can do it. The new historical marker for Mamie George Williams joins over 50 others across the state that make up the Georgia Civil Rights Trail. For GPB News, I'm Benjamin Payne in Savannah. In sports, baseball fans are voting in phase one of the Major League Baseball All-Star Ballot. As of yesterday, Atlanta outfielder Ronald Acuna Jr. is leading all players with more than one million votes. Former Brave Freddie Freeman has more than 775,000 votes. And Brave shortstop Orlando Arcia is on top of the pack among National League shortstops with more than 406,000 votes. The first phase of voting runs until noon on June 22nd. And until then, fans can vote five times every 24 hours. The All-Star Game is scheduled for July 11th in Seattle. And that's it for today's edition of Georgia Today. If you want to learn more about any of these stories, visit gpb.org news. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. That'll help us keep current in your podcast feed. And if you've got feedback or a story idea, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email. The address is georgiatoday at gpb.org. I'm Peter Biello. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.